This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. And so I invite you as we begin, I'm going to read some scripture from the book of John. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the, disciple, the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw that the face cloth had been on Jesus' head. It, was, it wasn't with the other clothes, but it was folded up in its own place. Then the other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside, and he saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know that it was him. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Then she told them what he had said to her. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to be in worship together today. I pray that you would speak through me and in spite of me a word that will speak into all of our hearts of your grace and your love and your truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I became fascinated with Mary Magdalene a few years ago when I was on a trip on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. We went to lots of different historic sites. One of my favorite places was around the Sea of Galilee where Jesus' ministry, much of it took place. There was a town that was discovered that was buried just 20 inches under the ground for 2,000 years almost. The town of Magdala, the place where Mary came from. As you can see um, in this picture, they've unearthed a lot of this town. Anytime they build something in Israel for the first, build something, they have to excavate to make sure there's not anything of significance underneath. And as they begin to dig, preparing for a retreat center that would one day be there, they found the walls of this town of Magdala, this ancient city. It was a town that was thriving, that was um, actually, they had a lot of commerce there. You can see some of the walls are a little shorter than the others, and they determined that that was where they kept live fish. So this was a really big um, commercial area where they sold live fish. People came from all over. They even found a coin that dated back to 29 CE, and they were able to make, um, to put this as the place where the town of Magdala was. 
And the most incredible discovery they made was a first-century synagogue on the property. You can see they've actually constructed a roof over this that would have been similar to what the synagogue had to begin with, but the walls are still there. And you can't see it in this picture, but on the floor were intricate mosaics, tile work that had different depictions of stories from the Torah. As I stood there and I looked, I saw something in the corner that was protected by a piece of glass. And as I looked closer, I saw that it was a tiny stone table. You can see it in this next picture. Now, this stone table was recovered from the site, and it is such significance to our history as a people of faith. It is a reading table. Um, the table has four legs, and you can see that there's a series of carvings in it. But if you take a look at the front of the stone, there's a candelabra there. The thing that makes this significant is that this candelabra is the only one that has been found etched into a reading table that matches the one that would have been in the synagogue in Jerusalem before it was destroyed. And so they were able to see that the person who created this table for the synagogue had been inside the temple before it was torn down. That was so um, moving to me, and it reminded me of the place where I was. I was standing in a place where Jesus had stood, a place where Jesus had taught, a place where Jesus might have even read from that table. And then I remembered Mary and her story, and how amazing her relationship with Jesus was. And for that moment, I was reminded of how significant um, her friendship with Jesus was. Because she had stood in that synagogue. She had listened to Jesus as he read from the scriptures on that, to- on that stone table, as he unrolled those scrolls. She had been present with him whenever she was struggling with the seven demons, and he cast them out of her. He had literally freed her from a lifetime of suffering. She went alongside of his disciples and him as they were in ministry. We read in the first part of John that uh, Mary and some other women actually supported Jesus financially throughout their ministry, which makes sense because Mary came from a very affluent town. She would have had means to help support Jesus. She anointed Jesus. Um, You may remember in the scriptures that she anointed Jesus with very expensive oil. And then we see that she was at the cross with Jesus, um, just one of a several, a few people that were still with him to the end, experiencing uh, that the horror of seeing their Lord crucified. And today we read about Mary, the first one to discover the empty tomb, the first one to go and to tell of the risen Lord. She was special to Jesus and his ministry. She was special to him, and we know this because she was mentioned 12 times in the Gospels, which is uh, more than most of the disciples were mentioned themselves. She knew him, and she loved him. And so Mary Magdalene, in her encounter with Jesus in Scripture today, I think has a lot to teach us about our relationship with Jesus. The first thing I think it can teach us is that Jesus wants to be revealed to us we first come across this scripture, we see that Mary was looking for something different than what she encountered, right? She was expecting to find the body of Jesus, her Lord and Savior, in the tomb, ready for her to continue the embalming process. But instead, it was empty, and she didn't quite know what to do. And it wasn't until she heard Jesus call her name that her eyes were open to him, that he was revealed to her. So she wasn't expecting to see him in that way, and yet he showed up and, and um, called her name, and she was able to experience him in, an, in a magnificent way and be the first person to tell of a witness of his resurrection. 
You know, I wonder how many times in our lives that we often miss an encounter with Jesus because we're looking for Jesus in the familiar, right? So you came to church this morning, and you were probably expecting to meet Jesus here, right? That's what we do at worship on Sunday mornings. We encounter the risen Lord. You may go to your Bible study or to your Sunday school class, and you expect to encounter Jesus there. But what happens when Jesus shows up to us in a way that's unexpected? Maybe through the person that we see on the side of the road holding a sign that says, We'll work for food. Can Jesus show up to us in that way? Or maybe if we're sitting in a waiting room at a doctor's office waiting to get some news about a diagnosis and we see someone next to us who's weeping because they've just been informed that they have terminal cancer, could Jesus show up to us in that way? Jesus is there, ready for us to experience him. And we just have to listen and look and listen for him to call our name and to speak to us in those moments. Jesus wants to be revealed to us. The second thing I think we can take away from this scripture is that Jesus commissions us to go and tell the good news. Um, Jesus commissions Mary and tells her to go and tell the story of his resurrection, to share that he has risen from the dead and he is Lord. You know, each of us are commissioned to go and tell the good news. That can seem a little overwhelming if you're a new Christian or even if you've been a Christian your whole life and you haven't done much evangelism as the big word of it. But basically what it means is just telling the story. Testifying in court is where you just share what happened. Um, That's pretty easy to do. You just share what you experienced. And so that's what we're called to do as believers of Jesus is to share the encounter that we've had with Christ, to share what Jesus has done in our lives. In the Methodist church, when you join a congregation, you say that you're going to be faithful to the church in your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness. It's important for us that that witness part of things doesn't get left off or overlooked because clearly Jesus is telling us to go and to tell the good news. It's a message every believer, every church has announced since Mary took that very first step away from Jesus and went and told the good news about his resurrection. But before she could take that step away from him, And the final thing that I think we can take away from this scripture is that Jesus calls us to loosen our grip. I'm a very visual person, and so when I read about Mary and Jesus calling out to her, and she turns around and she hears his voice, and she sees him for the first time, I just imagine her bending to her knees, grabbing his robe, and clinging to to it with all that was in her. I mean, he was one of her closest friends. He was her teacher, He was the one who freed her for a life of service and a life of love, a life where she didn't have to be chained down to all those things that had come before. I imagine her gripping his robe with all that was in her because she didn't want to let go of the one that she thought that she lost. You know, loosening our grip is one of the hardest things to do as people of faith. I don't know about you, but I like to think that I'm in control of things in my life. And every now and then, I think I'm in control. And then God turns my world upside down. But I think about Mary gripping onto Jesus' robe. And he says to her, don't hold on to me. I know this is familiar. I know that you love me. I know that you thought you lost me. But you can't hold on to me. You have to go. One of the things that happens over and over in my life is that God calls me to loosen my grip 
just when I think I've got a good hold on something. It happened to me earlier this year whenever I got a phone call about an opportunity here in Apex. I had my hands gripping firmly to my hometown, to my family, to my sister and my brother-in-law and to their children. I was hanging on to the familiar. I knew those people. I knew that congregation. I knew what ministry was like there. And all of a sudden, God said, don't hold on to that. I need you to be open to what I have for you. And so in the midst of discernment, um, I kept tightening my grip as I thought about the fact that Justin had tried to get a job here in North Carolina before we were married. As our wedding approached for two years, he tried to get a job here and he couldn't. And I thought, Lord, how can I leave his job and his security? We might have to live separate. How can I leave that to go where you've called me to go? But as we prayed, he and I both felt like this was the right thing for God, uh, that God wanted us to do and the right thing for our family. And so two days after I said, I will come, the job in Holly Springs opened up for him. And he started three weeks ago tomorrow. It was amazing how God was faithful once I loosened my grip on things. I find that as a new parent, as someone who is about to become a mother, that over and over again I want to tighten my grip on this little guy. I want to hold him close and protect him as much as possible. But time and time again I realize that the freedom that I experience as a mom and the freedom that he'll experience as a follower of Jesus only comes whenever I can loosen my grip and let God have it. Let God take that um, and do his will with that. When I loosened my grip on the things of the past, Jesus blessed me to come here and to be a part of this amazing community. And I have to say that I'm standing here before you with hands wide open, <laughs> excited for what is to come for us. I think God's going to do incredible things in this place. God was faithful as we loosened our grip on our future, and I believe that God is going to continue to be faithful in this place in the future. I don't know where you are, what your life is like and what you're bringing to the room today. You may have thought you left it at the car or whatever, but maybe you're gripping things in your life that God is calling you to loosen. Um, maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a job. Something that's familiar, that seems safe, that's comfortable. But God may be saying, I want you to loosen your grip. I want you to let go of this so that you can go into where I've called you to go and do what I've called you to do. Maybe it's a family situation or a life situation. Whatever it might be, I believe that God is telling us in the scripture that one, he wants to meet us here and reveal himself to us in our life. He wants to call our name if we'll just listen. He wants us to loosen our grip so that we can be free to go and to witness and to testify to his good news in our lives. Because I believe that God is faithful and he is going to do what he has called us to do. Amen.